Today we're beginning a short series on the Holy Spirit to coincide with the beginning of our revived meetings on Sunday night. In John chapter 7 verses 38 and 39, Jesus said, Whosoever believes in me, the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So this verse, these verses refer to spiritual streams that can flow out of our innermost being. This power comes from the Holy Spirit and it enables us to minister to other people. The quantity described here is rivers of living water. Have you ever stood next to a flooded river and watched logs drifting down that river in the, with the power of that current? I used to flat in Dunedin next door to the Leith Stream and every now and again there would be a major downpour and the river would be in flood and you could stand on the banks of that river and you could actually feel the vibration of rocks rolling down on the riverbed. And so we have this power available to us. Think of a, a large hydroelectric power dam and all the energy that goes through that dam as that water turns the turbines. Imagine rivers of living water flowing out of a person in all directions. You know, sometimes we do things in our own strength and we don't feel as though we're accomplishing very much. But we have the power of the Holy Spirit available to us if we can lock into that and understand what is involved. In biblical times, people used to use clay pots for many different purposes. They'd store their food, they'd store their water, they'd actually hide their treasure at the bottom of a clay pot and then fill it up with other things so that if a burglar came along, he wouldn't know which pot to steal. And uh, so within those pots, there was this hidden treasure in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So we all look pretty plain. We're clay pots. But we can have this treasure inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit of God inside of us, which is the surpassing power of God that can work through us. So even though we're just a clay pot, like every other person, there's something special inside of us. We have a treasure inside of us, the power of the Holy Spirit. The prophet Ezekiel had a vision of the temple with a river flowing out of it. Ezekiel 47 verses 1 to 14. I haven't put the full verses on the screen, but it describes a river flowing from underneath the south side of the temple. 
as it flowed easterly towards the Dead Sea, it got deeper and deeper until the man who was measuring it was out of his depth. We can go deeper and deeper with God. Are we prepared to jump into that heavenly stream, that heavenly river, to the point where we're out of our depth and be prepared to obey God and trust him and allow that current of the Holy Spirit to take us down that river to where God wants us to go. Fruit trees of all kinds grew on each bank of that river. Their leaves did not wither and they produced fruit all year round because of that reliable water supply. Their fruit was used for food. Their leaves were used for healing. This prophecy is a vision of the church and the lives of believers in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 tells us that believers in Jesus are temples of the Holy Spirit and we can take these streams of living water into our community. The temple is a place of worship a place for intimacy with God. Just like our worship time, we feel God's presence. When the river of life flows in our lives, we become worshippers. We become freed up to bring God our thanksgiving, our praise and our worship. When we're liberated in our worship, we're able to move freely in the things of the Holy Spirit and will desire to yield our lives fully to the Lord. We're not to be stagnant, dirty water, but a vibrant, cleansing stream. Look at Psalm 103. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. When we really come to know the Lord, there's so many things to be thankful for. There's so many things that we can worship him for. And so we don't forget those wonderful benefits that he passes on to us. There is a realm in the Holy Spirit that we can enter into through that place of worship. Not necessarily in a worship service, but in our own hearts as we're thankful to God. And we're praising God for the things that are happening in our lives. When we accept Jesus into our lives, his Holy Spirit enters us and gives us the power and the will to overcome the sin in our lives. The Spirit motivates our soul or our mind, which in turn motivate, motivates our actions and our body. Paul explains this in Galatians 5, verses 16 to 19, where he says, Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit... You are not under the law. You know, often we try to be good in our own strength. 
but we fail, we struggle. But when we yield to the Spirit of God, he gives us the will and the power to live the life that he desires of us. Let's simplify this a little so that we can understand it better. Think of a car. Now, the engine of a car is a bit like our spirit. The chassis or the body of the car is like our physical body. The petrol and the ignition is like our soul. We need the petrol to make the car go. We need to make a decision to turn the key on and bring the petrol into contact with the engine. And it's just like that with the spirit. Sometimes we hear a quiet prompting, a quiet whisper of the spirit in our mind. And if we obey that whisper, then we're turning on the spirit. We're responding to the spirit. But many of us don't get involved in the things of the spirit because we don't take that action to get turned on. We're prompted by the Spirit to use our spiritual gifts, but we don't make the decision to act on that prompting. Maybe we're afraid of what people might think, or maybe we're worried about making a mistake, or maybe we're just apathetic and we can't be bothered. Our thoughts, emotions, experience, and reasonings all influence our decisions. We can all learn to walk in the Spirit and to obey those promptings of the Holy Spirit. Know the difference between a good idea and a God idea. The Holy Spirit knows what needs to be done in every situation. But our soul has to respond and determine to obey what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. I'll tell you a story that relates to that. When we went to serve in Azerbaijan in the Baku International Fellowship, we arrived on a Friday and I had to speak the next Sunday and we were quite jet-lagged. We noticed that there wasn't a prayer meeting before the service and that prayer meeting before the service is really important because that really brings the presence of God and, and sets the seal, his seal, on our service. And so I asked around and I said, look, don't you have a prayer meeting before the service on a Sunday morning? And they said, oh yeah, well there's this uh, Nigerian man who says he's a prophet and an intercessor and he, he has a prayer meeting in this, this room before the service. And so the following week I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt that God was talking to me. And he was saying to me, you need to make an altar call in the service tomorrow morning. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, I don't know about that. I thought, oh, I'm just new at this church. Do they do that sort of thing at that church? And I knew that one of the elders was a very conservative Southern Baptist. And so I said, okay, God, if you want me to do that, you're going to have to confirm that that's what you're wanting me to do. And so Helen and I decided we'd go to this prayer meeting and we go into this room and here's this one person in this prayer room and he's pacing the floor and he's praying out loud and he's overjoyed that we've come 
to the prayer meeting. And we have a wonderful time of prayer together. And then at the end of the prayer meeting, he looks me in the eye and he says, the man of God has got to do what the Lord has told him to do this morning. So I gave this teaching in this church and it was on spiritual dryness. And at the end I said, look, okay, I sense that there are a lot of people in this church that are discouraged and God wants to encourage you this morning. I said a few months ago I was at a conference where at the end of the conference, the main speaker at the conference invited pastors who wanted a touch from the Lord or a word from the Lord to file past him and he would just speak a word over them. And so I said, I feel the Lord's asking me to do that with you guys this morning. Well, the queue went from the, the stage all the way to the back of the auditorium and people were lining up for this word. And so whatever came into my mind when I put my hand on a person's shoulder to pray for them, I would just speak it out. It would be something like, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Well, the week after that, we had an elders meeting. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, did I do the wrong thing? And one of the elders, he said, he said when you had that older call at the meeting on Sunday, he said, I started to pray. I prayed, Lord, please let there be one. And just about everyone came forward. So we broke that tradition there and then. I was obedient to what the Lord was saying and those needy people received encouragement. You know, many of us lack confidence and our river of living water can become a small trickle. If we're honest and we admit our weaknesses, our fears and our failures, God will understand us and help us. As we obey him, a quiet influence will start to flow from us. The things we do will start to prosper like a tree planted by a river. We'll start to produce fruit. We'll, wherever we go, we will be a blessing. Whenever we act, the Lord will work through us. We'll become a stream of divine influence to bless our home, our church, and our community. If you've ne never experienced this, it may be because you've never asked for it. Let's look at Luke 11 verses 9 to 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks him for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
You know, if your child comes home from school and asks for some chips, a Coke, ice cream and chocolate, you'll probably say no. You know what's good for him, even though he may think that they're okay. If he asks for a, a stick of celery or a carrot, <laughs> an apple, you'll say yes because you know they're good for him. We often ask God for the chips, the cake and the chocolate types of things. We don't always get them because God knows that they're bad for us. But when it comes to asking God for the Holy Spirit, Jesus is very confident. He says, ask and you will receive. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? you don't have the Holy Spirit alive in your life and you have never asked, God is saying, if you do ask, I will do what you say, what you request. A further requirement is faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so sometimes when we're obedient to that prompting, we're not 100% sure of what the outcome is going to be. We obey because we believe that God is leading us, but we've got to have the faith to believe that God is going to come through with that promise. Matthew 13, 58 tells us that Jesus couldn't perform miracles in Nazareth, his hometown, because the people did not believe in him. Our prayer of faith as a congregation can open a channel into the heavenlies that enables God to do a mighty work in a wonderful way. Do we really believe that God is alive through his Holy Spirit and able to forgive, to heal, to transform and do a work through lives? You know, trying harder to be good each day is like trying to row a boat across the Tasman Sea to Australia. It's exhausting and it's usually unsuccessful. Most people end up giving up. People throw themselves entirely on the grace of God. They become like drifters on a raft. They do nothing except hang on in the hope that eventually God will get them to where they're supposed to be going. Trying harder and drifting are ineffective ways of bringing about transformation. A better image is a sailboat as it moves on the gift of the wind. We can't control the wind, but a good sailor discerns where the wind is blowing and adjusts the sail accordingly. John 3 verse 8 Jesus likened the Holy Spirit to the wind. He said, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Holy Spirit. We have to listen to the quiet whispers, the, sen the sensitivity to the things of God and fill our sails with the wind of the Spirit of God and allow God to do a work through us. 
You know, there's been periods in history when the tide has been going out on the church. And statistics would say that the Western church is currently going through a period like that. Jeremiah 2 verse 13 tells us, it says, My people have committed two sins. One, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own wells or cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. So we can ask ourselves, are we tapping in to God's living water? Or are we trying to nourish ourselves through our own efforts, through our own wants and desires, rather than fully trusting him? Jeremiah 29 verses 13 to 8 to 12 to 13. Then you will call to me. You will come and pray to me and I will answer you. You will seek me and you will find me because you will seek me with all your heart. Jesus still desires to pour out his living water on our lives. James 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is another promise. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be sure of these things. Don't be double-minded. Say, Lord, I'm going to seek you in this way. I'm going to obey you in this way. I want to be used of you in this way. Be firm in what you state and what you think and what you believe. Throughout history, God has done a work when people have come to him in prayer. Think of the Welsh Revival. Wales was a, a needy nation. The guys were going off to the pub after work and coming home drunk, spending the, the income on, on booze when the wife was at home wanting food for the children. And suddenly there's this, this outpouring of the Spirit of God. And then many of you can remember the charismatic renewal in the 1980s. God doesn't change. And if we cry out to him in a similar way, he will do it again. He will bring revival. And so we're looking at this at a personal and as a corporate level in our revived gatherings that are starting tonight, 7 o'clock tonight, if you're able to come along. Think of an estuary where the tide is out. There are many boats lying idle on their sides in the mud and the sand. Picture the difference when the tide comes in. The boats can be moved easily. Even a child can push them. A spring tide is needed so that our hearts overflow with God's living water. Much can be accomplished in the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 107 verses 33 to 35 he turns the desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. So let's pray and surrender our lives afresh to the Lord so that we can receive this living water and pour it out on a lost and needy world 
so that we can show that God is alive and that God is a God of power. Let's remove those other idols that are blocking us off from the power of God. Jesus' disciples effectively shared the gospel with the entire known world in a very, very short period of time because signs and wonders accompanied the preaching of the word. And so it's time to do more than just talk about ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. If the spring of living water in your life is a mere trickle, you can respond to the Lord and ask for the floodgates of heaven to open and the river of life to flow into you and through you. I just want you all to stand and raise your hands to the Lord and I want to pray a blessing over you. Father God, we we come into your house each Sunday to worship you, to lift up your name. Lord, we thank you for all the good things that you are doing in this church. But deep down we know that we can do much more. We thank you for those 60 people that come each week to our community meal where we feed them. And we know that most of them don't know you. Lord, we need the gift of evangelism. We need to be able to share the gospel in a way that you speak to people's hearts and you open them up to receive of you. Lord, we thank you for every single person here this morning. We thank you that you love each one of us, that you have bought us with a a price, that you desire that we open our lives to you, that we allow you to come into our lives, to fill us to overflowing. Father, we pray that you will release streams of living water in our lives this morning. Lord, if we feel like a parched desert, if we are longing for more, if we are wanting your truth and your power and your authority in our lives, Lord, cause us to ask you, to cry out to you. And Lord, we pray for us tonight as we gather together for our revived meeting that we can be led by your Holy Spirit, that we can train each other how to hear your Spirit and respond to your Spirit and see a mighty move of God take place in this church, in this city. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.